0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Elemental, a journey through the chemical elements to mark 150 years since the periodic table was invented. I'm Alan Blackman, I'm a professor at Auckland University of Technology, and I'm addicted to chemistry.
0: And I'm Alison Balance from RNZ, and I am also finding all this chemistry quite compulsive, Alan. We're up to episode four in Elemental already, which means today we are all about, and I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this, is it it antimony? Antimony? Any ideas, Alan?
1: (laughs) I think both are acceptable, and in fact i probably go between the two actually, so We'll see how we go with this. Antimony? Antimony?
0: Okay, you might hear uh, some variations on the pronunciation today. Anyway, can you give us the lowdown, please?
1: This is going to be a story about an element that can be used to take lives, but can also be used to save lives. And so, Antimony is its name. It's element 51, so that's sort of somewhere in the middle of the periodic table-ish. And it's got a chemical symbol of SB.
0: Whoa, whoa, can we stop right there, please? (laughs) Up until now, every element has had the symbol that's basically been the first two letters of its name. So I get that, AL for aluminium, AM for americium, and so on. But SB for antimony, antimony, (laughs) please explain.
1: Right, well, part of the reason for this is that antimony is the first element that we've met in our journey whose discovery date is not known. And indeed, it dates all the way back to the ancient Egyptians. Indeed, if you've ever seen sort of uh, any old drawings of Egyptian women, you'll notice that uh, they had eyeliner on. And
0: they that... have the best eyeliner.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And this was a compound called stibnite, and that's what they used as their eyeliner. And so from stibnite, the S and the B in there, that is where we get the elemental abbreviation of SB for antimony.
0: Well, I don't think we use stipnite in our eyeliner these days, but stipnite aside, <laughs> what actually is antimony? Okay, so
1: antimony is a thing called a metalloid, if well, we're going to classify Well, metalloid,
0: so that's not a metal?
1: It's not a metal, and it's not a non-metal. It's
0: Just... having an identity crisis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... A metalloid, yeah, it is exactly that. It's not a metal and it's not a non-metal. Now, all of the elements on the periodic table can be divided into one of these three classes. Things are either metals, which the majority of elements are, metalloids or non-metals. Now, a metalloid has got some properties of metals, but not all of them. So, you know, your typical properties of metals are things like um, they're malleable, which means you can sort of easily deform them. They're ductile, which means that you can pull them out into a very long wire sort of thing. They are shiny when they're freshly cut. All of these things that you probably learned way back in science class at high school. So some elements have got some of these properties, uh, but not all of them. And so we class these things as being metalloids. And antimony is the first of these that we've met on our periodic table journey.
0: Now, antimony, antimony has... I can't get it right. I can't decide which way to go. Uh, It's almost as bad as aluminium, aluminium. Oh, Um, not that bad. Yeah, it has (laughs) a bit of a bad reputation, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, well, it does. It is toxic as the metal, and that hasn't stopped it being used in so-called medicine, I guess, in years past. And it's got a famous history as a laxative. A slightly awful story here was that they used to have pellets of antimony, which you would swallow, you would then pass them, and then they would be reused. Um, I hope and they, they
0: washed them first. <laughs> and
1: apparently they were passed on from sort of family member to family member. Ooh, yuck. <laughs> I know. Yeah, a bit gross. Apparently they're quite effective, but they were sort of slowly poisoning you in the process. And in fact, Mozart, the great composer, his death was thought to have been linked to antimony being prescribed as a laxative for him, mm. uh, a thing called antimony tartrate. And from what we know of his final days, his, his final illness, the symptoms were very, very consistent with poisoning by antimony, which is uh, dreadfully sad.
0: Oh, poor old Mozart.
1: Now, there's a, there's a New Zealand connection with toxicity as well of antimony. And this was a guy by the name of Tom Hall way back in 1886. And he just happened to be the nephew of the former premier of New Zealand. So he was very well connected. But he was found guilty of attempted murder of his wife by poisoning her with antimony. And he was also found guilty of murdering her stepfather. And uh, he was sentenced to death, but this was commuted.
0: Ah, now this rings bells because my colleague William Ray in his podcast series Black Sheep featured Thomas Hall in an episode. So the episode's called Poisoner, the story of Thomas Hall and If listeners want to, they can check it out as a podcast or find it at rnz.co.nz slash black sheep. Now, back to antimony. Apart from killing people, what's it useful for? Well,
1: it's very, very useful as an additive to other metals to harden them up, so to speak. And so the famous Gutenberg of Gutenberg printing press fame, when he was making his movable type, he was using an alloy of tin and lead and antimony which made the type very, very hard, which is obviously what you need in a printing press. And that was around about 1,400 and something from memory. And these days it's used in car batteries and it also uh, increases the hardness of lead when it's used in those car batteries.
0: Ah, so we're all driving around with it every day. Who knew? Hey, we've heard about the poisonous side of antimony, but you also said at the top of the show it's a bit of a lifesaver, so there's got to be more to it than just hardening lead.
1: Indeed there is. It finds great use as a flame retardant, so it's often used in plastic and some mattresses to stop them uh, catching fire, or if they do catch fire, it will put out the flames
0: are a very useful thing to have in the house. Hey, now I gather that on behalf of Elemental, you've been doing a bit of sleuthing. Indeed, the interesting fact about antimony is that in the Louvre,
1: they have a 5,000-year-old vase that is made of antimony. And... I found this in a number of reference books and all the way through the internet, and so I thought, well, let's just check up on this. So I emailed the Louvre a couple of weeks ago, and very surprisingly, they did respond. I emailed them in English, and they responded to me in French, of course. But they did actually confirm the existence of this, which I think is uh, rather cool.
0: So they went along the lines of, mais oui, c'est vrai.
1: (laughs) Bien sûr, oui, oui.
0: (laughs) (laughs) OK, so today's risky lifesaver element was antimony, and this has been Elemental, a podcast ramble through the variously poisonous, radioactive and sometimes obscure elements of the periodic table.
1: Elemental is a podcast from RNZ, and you can find us at rnz.co.nz forward slash chemistry.
0: You can also subscribe to us as a podcast for free at all the usual places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public. And please, if you're enjoying this podcast, do share it with your nearest and dearest.
1: Next time on Elemental, we're up to Argon, But until then, it's bye from me, Alan Blackman from AUT, the Auckland University of Technology.
0: And from me, Alison Balance. Catch you then. Bye. Please explain. I'm dry <laughs> <laughs> well, get home, mother Botox cosmetic auto botulinum toxin A Fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if Botox cosmetic is right for you.